Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A Pushkin. Hi, I'm Eddie Alterman. Welcome to Detours, a special series from Car Show where we go on extended drives, run additional interviews, and sometimes put my sociological theories to the test. This week, I sit down with muscle car guru Mike Musto, who didn't totally agree with my hot take that the GTI was Generation X's GTO. Then, we talk about the ever-expanding category of the muscle car, the possibility of an electric version, and how car culture ultimately bridges all of these rigid taxonomies anyway. Thanks, Mike, for joining us. Yeah, of course. No, this is fun, man. I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad we're meeting to discuss this hot topic. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so you listened to the episode. You heard my maybe specious argument. What do you think? I think I think you know, there's there's definitely merit there. I think that for if you were a kid and you grew up in the you know, the eighties and then, and the nineties. And you were, I, I think a lot of it has to be based on one, your demographic to your location, ah. because I like where I grew up, like when you're talking like Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, a GTI was, was like, okay. Like it's small. Doesn't have a V8. It's Mind you, better in every single way than any Mustang, Camaro, or Grand National on the street. It just, well, I'm going to get crushed for saying that. But that's the truth, right? It was compact. It was fast. It was this. But it didn't have what we what I was looking for in a car. Balls. Well, you can't even say that because it had balls, but it had, it had different balls, <laughs> right? It had different right, balls. Right. It had, the balls were... 
were were more compact and they were more like ball bearings as tighter to the body balls. tighter to the body yes <laughs> that's so, correct yeah i mean i grew up in this midwest Texas, john hughes country you know mm-hmm. we didn't want to drive the cars our dads drove because our dads had bonnevilles and catalinas and right then 442s and you know so we wanted something that was like not homegrown we wanted you know, something that was a little bit more cosmopolitan yeah. in a way. Right. Of course. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, it's interesting. Like when at, at that time I was on, I was out in, on Long Island and, and going kind of back and forth to the city and to Brooklyn and stuff like that. And it, street racing was still very big, right? So you still had the guys with the Grand Nationals and the Camaros and the, the Fox body Mustangs and the, you know, F body Trans Ams that were just coming out in the early nineties where people were freaking out. It was almost like the, I had a good friend, my friend, Paul, he had a GTI and he would just look at us like, why are you wasting time with this, with these big, stupid things? And we were just like, because they're amazing and they're huge and they're fucking V8s and macho and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, like, I don't get it, but that's fine. But there was the one thing that the GTI couldn't do. Couldn't do rear wheel drive burnout. Couldn't do a donut. And it was like, well, useless. Useless car if I can't do a donut. Well, my one sort of quibble with that is if you're on the snow, you could handbrake Revector really yeah. easily. You could just jam that thing up and slide around. But mm-hmm. it was not like a, it was not power oversteer. It was not, you know, light up the tires and right. make a lot of smoke. Right. Correct. But, you know, a massively fun car. And it, I think it was. I think the GTI was my first um, real revelation into what a front wheel drive car could be from a performance perspective. I remember the first time I drove my buddy's car and I was like, oh, my God, it was just because there was nothing. There was no bad part. Everything was like, oh, this is fabulous. And with with it, with, you know, a a third of the horsepower. Right. Because it was light and the steering wasn't that corrupted. There wasn't terrible no. torque steer because you had lower horsepower. You weren't like maxing it out and there was good right. grip up front. Again, I think a lot of it has to do with where you where you were at the time when the GTI was introduced. Right. I think that's that's where kind of the impression lies. And there there just weren't that many. I mean, I was fortunate where I had a, a couple of buddies and I had one whose father was a, a Volkswagen dealer and so he would always bring GTIs home and he would get the latest edition, latest model. And, you know, the muscle cars were still faster. There's no question about it. I mean, yeah. in a straight line, they were still faster. But when it came down to going left and going right, my God, the GTI. And I think at that point it had like 195 series tires or like yeah. a max of like a 215, which was huge back in the day. Um, it was a, it was an eye opener. And it was, I think, one of the first cars that I was like, oh, this is this is what performance driving is supposed to be. And it was like that little light bulb went off. But back then I just didn't want to admit it because I, I just didn't want to admit it. You know what I mean? Right. My friends would be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Musto you're the worst. We hate you now. So. <laughs> well, well, speaking about that, like that sort of the credibility factor, you know, like I'm saying muscle cars are a very specific thing. Cause I've gotten roasted so many times for like calling the, the, Dodge Charger, a muscle car. They're like, it's not a muscle car, dude. It's got four doors. You know what? I I think the definition has, and the muscle car was always what? It was always intermediate sedan, 
biggest motor you could clump into it, that's a muscle car, right? Yeah. And kind of a, a, a body type that doesn't really exist that much anymore, or if at all, the two-door right. sedan. That's right? that's exactly correct. Sure. I mean, when you saw, you know, when the GTO first came out and then you had like, you know, the Le Mans and then you had the Chargers and you had the, uh, you know, Barracudas and Mustangs were more pony cars. Um, but Chevelle. Right. Chevelle, Monte Carlos, things like that. Um, they were they were all muscle cars. And yeah. I think the definition changed a little bit based on the body. Like I remember like one of my cars that I had when I was back in New York, I had a 69 Pontiac Grand Prix SJ with a 428. And that thing was a stump puller. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. it was it was gold on gold on gold. It was triple gold. And it had 14-inch wheels with wheel covers on it. But my God, it had 500 pound feet of torque and it would roast the back tires for like a quarter mile. But people would be like, well, it's not a muscle car. I'm like, are you insane? I know. know. It's a a luxury muscle car, but the definition is still very much there. Right. There's a weird orthodoxy to the whole thing. of like, No, it's just got to really conform to this thing. And to me, it's it's beautiful that like the the definition has expanded. You know, like I get into sometimes I get into like. Uh, like I got this uh, RS Etron GT out here. Oh yeah, that's that's a muscle Ridiculous. car. That thing's insane. Man, the, this is the one part that people fail to understand, they, and the purists get really mad. They always they yell at me all the time. I'm like, the Germans make some of the best muscle cars ever, ever created. So I back in again, this is back in my East Coast days. I had an E39 M5. Yeah. Okay. Now I don't care who you are. Five liter V8, 400 horsepower, manual transmission, rear drive, power slides for days, rear drive, burnouts, donuts. That was the quintessential German muscle car, right? Um, The E55 AMG. Oh my God. Totally. Even the, you know, when the RS6 came out with the the, uh, V10, with the Lamborghini V10. Oh my God. Fabulous. Right. It took an engine from higher up the, the food chain, higher up the line from the Lamborghini, threw it in a sedan, instant muscle car. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think, again, the purists get all pissed off because the purists say, you know, it, well, it's, it's a, it has to be American, blah, blah, blah. Now, listen, Americans, I'll give, we invented the muscle car. There's no question about that, right? right. Um, and we've, we, we have, in, in a sense, kind of perfected it and set the blueprint for the rest of the world to follow. The rest of the world has their own ideas on what a muscle car is and more importantly, what it can aspire to be and evolve Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. And I think many different countries have put their own spin on it. Obviously, the Germans with the M cars, AMGs, stuff like that. Um, You know, you look at things like, you know, the the Holdens and stuff that they had in Australia. And granted, they're they're GMs, but they're straight muscle cars. The Utes, that's a muscle truck. Like, totally. you, You can't argue that. And like I'll 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 die on that hill. I'll go up against anybody that wants to fight me on that. I say. love that. I but Musto, I also love that you're like you know it's got to do donuts. It's got to be able it to has do to donuts. donuts. <laughs> it's got it to be able. It's got to break traction, right? It's, That's the yeah. key. Yeah, like everybody. I used to have a. I've had a couple of Transams, and my last Transam was a. I had a, a an eighty one three hundred one turbo Transam, which was a proper shitbox, and then I had a seventy nine with a four hundred three in it. And I'm like, they're not muscle cars. Everybody's like, you got such a kick-ass muscle car. I'm like, it won't break the tires loose to save its life. So, no. I'm like, 185 horsepower does not constitute a muscle car. Now, now, like a 455, 
like a bullnose Trans Am with a 455. Super now duty. We're talking super right. duty. Okay, I can get behind that. But you know, they they there was this time period in the kind of the later 70s up to the early 80s where it was stickers, it was bravado from a visual perspective, but there was nothing under the hood. No. So they transformed into really nice boulevard cruisers. And that's that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I would never put those into the muscle car category. I just wouldn't. So, you know, um, but they're, you know, I think muscle cars are such an ingrained part of American history and of the automotive world as well. And you, you know, back in the the late 90s, early 2000s, when the import craze kind of came on, right? And you had kind of Fast and the Furious. That was such a pivotal moment, I think, because it introduced, you know, I I can't really say kids because, you know, it was more than 20 years ago. But it it changed the perception, introduced what muscle car was to a whole new generation of people. Right. And I remember uh, taking a, a Focus RS from mm-hmm. Europe before it was on sale in the U.S. So the RS um, in that, that generation was never on sale in the U.S. It was a right. special car that Ford had there. Yep. And I took it to the Pomona uh, Roadster show. Oh, my God. And people just like wanted to light it on fire. They were yeah. so pissed. Right. But <laughs> that's like, what good. What are you doing? Right. Right. That's good. You, you have to, sh- you got to shake people up. And like, I, I never understood the whole purist thing. I never understood the whole, like, I only like Ford or I only like GM or I only like Porsche. I am, and I'm like, well, that you just want tacos every single day for the rest of your life. What is the. Exactly. Why? What the is ride the is point? a spice of life. It, it, it totally is. And it's, you know, the, these people out there that just they want to die on this mountain of Ford or Chevy or I'm like, get a, get over yourself, man. What are you thinking? I, I know it is so provincial. It's like, that's all they've been exposed to. So right. like, and, and they don't want to open their minds to like, Hey, maybe, you know, uh, BMW M5 is the greatest thing you've ever driven and it fits you perfectly. And that's, you know, you would love it, but they never open themselves up to that experience. No. And I, I think, you know, automobiles are automobiles are very much like food, right? You you yeah. have to be willing to go outside your comfort zone. You have to be able to try something. If you don't like it, that's okay. You, you don't you don't have to like. It. I don't have to like sushi. I don't have to like steak, but I'm gonna try it to make my exactly. own decision. Exactly. Right? No, you got to. It's it's a life half lived. Otherwise, yes, I completely completely agree. Um, you know, but the, the cool part is now with the technology, everything is evolving to the point where, um, you know, speed is is no longer speed is no longer really relevant. Um, yeah, because because with EVs and stuff like that, you, you have this, you know, petrol is never going to catch up to EVs. We know that, you know, um, when you're going zero to 60 in two seconds in an EV, I, I don't know if that's. I wouldn't categorize that as any type of a muscle car because it's, you know, like a Tesla because you lose the visceralness of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No vibration, no sound. No. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it, it, it has to have some type of theater behind it. Interesting. And if there's no theater, there's no anything. And, and it was last year we had gone to an event up at Sonoma raceway and it was one of the first kind of E events, you know, only events, performance events. And the autocross was going on behind me and the drag races were going on in front of me. The problem is you would hear, you would hear tires squeal, right? And that's it. And there were beautiful cars ripping around the trace racetrack, 
But as soon as you turn around, you could ignore it. And as right. soon as you could ignore it, it disappears. It's forgettable. And if you really like cars, if you like cars for what they offer, um, I think you have to have that that theater in there somewhere that kind of keeps you interested. More of my chat with Mike Musto after the break. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing. They turn to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. We're back with Mike Musto. I, you know, I, yeah. I think for, from a muscle car perspective, though, we are at the last, um, I think we are at the last bastion of muscle carness. And I, and the reason I say that is that I don't know. I want it. So Dodge is coming out with, with an electric muscle car, right? Mm-hmm. The muscle car. Yeah. Um, if anybody's going to knock it out of the park, it's going to be them. They have to, they can't, they have to knock it out of the park or it's finished. It's dead. Right. They have to throw so much power at that thing to overcome the weight of the battery, the mass of the battery. Yep. I'm kind of excited to see what happens there because it has to be in excess of a thousand horsepower. It just it, does. It has to be that, but it's got to have theater. It yes. has to, it has to have theater. Like if I don't walk up to it, I'm like, all right, this is this is kind of cool. And if they hit the starter <laughs> button and there's no sound, yeah. and I will, I, listen, Forget I'm it. all for artificial rumbling. I don't care what you do, but make me go. Oh, that's okay. Let me make it sound okay. like a, a scalded banshee. May, yeah, give me, give me something. Give me something that makes me understand. Like, 
I want to get into that and I want to drive it and I want to have that theater and I want the hairs on the back of my neck to stand up. Right. That's and right. I don't know. I don't know how you do that with an EV because I've never experienced one that does that yet. I just, just have it. I know. Right. I mean, they go really quick and straight line, like Tesla plaid, kind of amazing, but then it tapers off and it yeah. doesn't make a noise. And, you know, I don't know. They, they got to do it. Otherwise, yeah. you know, are these Hellcat, V8's the last of the the crazy ass. I think so. I think that, you know, Dodge, they played it right. And they played it right due to lack of funds. Yeah. Right? That's exactly. G- GM and Ford had all the money. Dodge was like, we really don't have any money. But we've got this monster motor. And it's been their game since the 1960s. Right? I know. And they, they have this old, um, basically... Mercedes E-Class chassis that they inherited from Daimler Chrysler that goes back to 96 and they just keep evolving and working. Sometimes like a lack of resources is the the surest way to get something cool or innovative. Like Mini, for example, they had like no money when they started out. Yeah, perfect example. Sure. But the marketing was incredible because they had to they they had restrictions and they had to be smart about it. And I yeah. think you, you, you're sort of seeing the same thing there. Like, you know, what do we got, guys? We've got <laughs> this big, stupid gas guzzling V8. We've got this old, expensive, rickety Mercedes chassis. Yeah. Let's just make it nuts. And they let's did. make it ridiculous. Yeah. And let's call Musco because he's going to love it. He's that guy. <laughs> and everyone does. Yeah. Everyone does. And, and I mean, we've got a serious Hellcat problem in Detroit. We do. They're oh. everywhere and they're loud as fuck and they're they're incredible. But you can I can hear them from my house. You hear them ripping down telegraph. It's it's such a distinct sound. But, but do you do you remember in the 80s when the Fox bodies were out? Yeah. The five LX Fox body GT. You could hear you could hear a five liter Mustang from seven, eight blocks away. And you knew exactly what you're like. Oh, it's Mustang. You I knew know. exactly what it was. Exactly. Right? It just had that sonic signature that like you could tell what an air-cooled Porsche sound like that's right and, you know and but when that like you hear a Hellcat like rip into the higher revs oh yeah it is it's percussive and it's crazy and it sounds like somebody just smashing through a wall <laughs> oh dude it's, it sounds like war and I mean that's the most addictive like that the supercharged like I give them credit man I really do because they they just capitalized on it and they said, you know what? Bigger, bad. It's like the bionic car, right? <laughs> Bigger, better, stronger, faster, whatever that slogan was back in the day. And they've, 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 ca- they've recaptured what the muscle car was, right? Mustang and Camaro morphed into straight sports cars, right? hundred percent. Like sports cars. M3 911 fighters, you know, ZL1 Camaro, unbelievable track car punches so far Unreal. above its weight. It's, yeah. it is a true racing car. Yeah. It's not yeah. a drag car. It's like no. it can do everything. Right. Where the where the I think the 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 Dodge cars are just straight out like, nope, straight line. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be dumb here. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, you do they turn? Sure. I mean, I've I've raced them like I raced them in one lap of America and then many, many times. And like, you know, they, you got forty five hundred pounds, right? So at some point, physics just throws the middle finger up at you and goes, Yeah, that ain't happening. Like it's a good effort, but that ain't happening. <laughs> right. Right? right, we're gonna try, but we'll probably try. not gonna work. Yeah. No, and that's that's okay because like, I, again, don't waste your time putting dive planes 
on that challenger. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, no. Just 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 go straight. It go is fast. It is. Exactly. Go straight. Do burnouts. Do whatever you want. Like, you know. It is but, amazing. But that's a muscle car to me. Right. And there's it's, still still a market for it, still a huge appetite for it. And the amazing thing is muscle cars were such white guy stuff oh for so long, like the whitest white guy stuff. Oh, yeah. And now it's so multicultural. It's great. It's the great equalizer. And I've always said the automobile is the greatest equalizer in the world. I mean, I see it on Woodward. I see it on 696. I see guys out in Challengers and Chargers, Hellcats and Demons, just ripping it off, having the time of their lives. And that's really what it's about. And, you know, like if you were to think about what a midsize, speaking of this evolution idea, like if you were to think about what a midsize sedan is, right? In the Mm -hmm. 60s, what was a midsize sedan? It was two-door, small V8 or V6 rear-wheel drive. Yeah, I mean... Like my my char my sixty eight charger was an intermediate. That was a yeah. midsize. Right. So what's that a midsize a car now? Midsize car is a Honda Accord, four like doors, Honda Accord, Toyota front Camry, drive, right. hybrid. Yep. Right. Correct. But we still call it like, oh, that's a midsize family car, right? Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. changed so much. Changed with the times. Corvette's another great example. Like yeah. you think about the first, you know, C one uh, was that Blue Flame six, right? Yep. Uh, very very. Uh, kind of modest performance car, more like a Thunderbird. That's right. That's right. And and now look at like now it's a McLaren beater, but it's still Corvette. Yeah. Well, it's it's the the evolutionary process is a wonderful thing. And I think people, they get hung up on generally one specific model that was relevant at the time it came out to the time that they were at in their life. Right. Right. It made an impression upon them in in one circumstance. And for whatever reason, it, it, it just kind of red stamped in their head. Like this is the only one that, that is good. And whatever the case is. Um, but evolution is a wonderful thing. When you see how these manufacturers have evolved these cars, it's okay that a definition changes. It's okay that technology advances and it's okay. If you don't like it, that's, yeah. it, that's fine, but you do have to accept it, right? Anybody who doesn't accept it basically is just lying to themselves, right? They're just, like how many vehicles can get away with not changing? I, I can only think of one, the Jeep. Everything else, right? I mean, That's 911 right. has to change. 911 That's is right. water-cooled. Uh, you know, the Accord has had to change dramatically, hybridization yeah. and all that. You know, everything has to keep evolving or else it just it falls off the face of the earth. Yeah. Well, this is amazing, Mike. As always, you always deliver. This is fucking <laughs> awesome. Thanks for dude, spending the time. So do I. Oh, anytime you want to rap about cars, dude, I'm all in. I love it. Thanks for listening to that conversation with Mike Musto. You can find more of Mike on the Hemmings Hot Rod Barbecue Podcast, which includes a recent interview with me. I'm Eddie Alterman. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. 
If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry and me. I'll be there too. Enter now at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.